Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another installment of the Game of Thrones Raven on podcast. It's fast becoming my favorite time of week because it's Game of Thrones related. So really, that explains everything. But also because I get to spend a good 30 to 40 minutes, <laughs> depending on how well we cut it, with this gentleman here, please welcome Mr. Stuart Late. Who am I talking to oh. by saying please welcome? <laughs> please welcome. We have no audience. To our, our broad... No, no, yes, we do. Oh, sorry. Yes, we do. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Picture the audience. Guys. Picture the audience. Hello, if you're everyone. listening, <laughs> Stu is here. It's amazing as always. Welcome into our little Game of Thrones den. Looks much like a brothel in Volantis. <laughs> Possibly messier. The son of the harpy. Let's get right into talking about the episode. Yes. Oh, I'm yes. still reeling a bit so from that final sequence. Yes. Again, spoilers. If you have not seen episode four of season five, the son this of the harpy. This is a recap podcast. We are talking all about the episode, and we're about to say some, which is, oh my god, is Sebastian dead? I, don't I, I hope he's not. I don't want him. I don't to be want dead. him to be dead because he's such a cool. He's such a cool character. He's such a great fighter, and I love. I love that he went out. You know, fighting like he went out swinging. That because was amazing. We'd never seen it. We had always heard about how good Sebastian. Yeah, was. I think. Have we never seen him fight before? Has he? Has I don't he... believe so because he got sent off at the end of season one by mm. Cersei. Well, she tried to send him off and he quit and disappeared. Yes. And then he turned up, I think, at the start of season three. And he may have had a few scrapes and things, but we've mostly just seen him strutting around being Danny's. Guard, King's Guard, Queen's Guard. Yeah. I don't think we've seen him, and, and forgive me if I am wrong, please correct Actually, me. Actually, no, no, you're right, because I'm thinking of Jorah, because she at one point sends uh, Mario and, and Jorah off, and as well as Grey Worm, I think, mm. to do a little mission. And Barristan was going to be on that. But she but keeps I, But him. I think she says, no, 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 you, you, you're my King's Guard, your place is by my side. So I think this is the first time we've seen yeah. him like really kick ass. And he kicked ass. It he was, was great. so good. Because remember, I think in one of those very early episodes, he's still Kingsguard and he and Robert are talking about an old battle. Yeah. Jamie comes in to talk about how great Barristan was and that mm. was the first time he'd you know seen a battle. And he's just renowned as this phenomenal fighter. Yeah. But we'd never seen it. And then... Bang! <laughs> what a guy! Takes down, what, like, seven, eight, nine sons of the yeah, harpy? Quite, quite a few, which is why it's so disappointing that they ended up getting him in the end. But well, I it's guess, sheer numbers game. Yeah, I mean, if, if nothing else, Game of Thrones does play fair with the numbers. Like, one guy with a sword is not going to beat ten guys with swords. Mm. You know, it, it's just one of them is going to get you. But mm. I, I really hope they're not dead, because... Grey Worm as well, Grey Worm as well, yeah. Grey Worm um, puts up a hell of a fight. He gets stabbed a bunch of times. Yeah. Still fighting, still stabbing away. It's great stuff. But, yeah, I just hope they're not dead. Because <laughs> it, it's, it's left ambiguous at the end of the episode, I think. Like, there's, they're both sort of passed out, but you know, they the might count. be alive. Yeah, uh, if, if, if it's possible that perhaps Grey Worm is more likely to survive... His mm. injuries didn't appear as bad. Like, he got stabbed more often, but Barristan copped a really bad stab, like, in the stomach. He Well, in the side. And I think um, he gave that shout that people do in action movies when they're like, No, this one counted! Oh, that was yeah. bad! And, and then he was almost about to get his throat yeah, cut. Yeah, and then Grey Worm came over and, and helped him out. Great no, fight scene. I, I love, like, like was... the one... The, the, the show doesn't really have the budget to do big, epic battles, but it does, like, one-on-one -on -one or, like, small fights like that. It's fantastic. It's and it really was good. such a setup. 
Yeah. It was such a the bland, and even down to the fact that they killed a few, I think they were second sons, who were sitting around yes, with yeah, the yeah, prostitutes. Yeah. And that things. was, yeah. Look, I assume they were prostitutes. They may have just been regular women, <laughs> and I might be casting let's not, aspersions, let's not aspersions on their character. <laughs> I just assume in this show that if you're sitting on a guy's lap and he's kind of trying to tickle you, then you're probably a prostitute. And she's all crying and says to the, the unsullied, they're in there, the sons of the harpy. And of course, it's a massive trap. And Barristan happens to be on the street that day <laughs> because of a few significant things. Mm. Danny has been... Uh, we hadn't, hadn't seen her last week, so no. we hadn't really seen any fallout from that big execution that went wrong mm, Yes, two episodes ago. But she's having a nice little tete-a-tete with Sir Barristan about Rhaegar. About Rhaegar. elder brother, yes. who she never knew, uh, died probably just before she was born or just as she was being born. Uh, I think she was very time. young when, she, when, when he died, yeah. So she never knew him. He would have had to have been younger. He would have had to have been, still, he would have had to have been 18 or 20. Like, that's a big difference in ages. Yeah, but not unheard of. Yeah, I suppose so. And Viserys was a lot younger than him as well, I think. Yeah, Viserys was like six, seven years older than Daenerys, I think. Yeah. We get into the age argument every Well, we do, we do. (laughs) It's a problem for the show because the show has already made... It's already aged up a bunch of characters, so the timeline's all out of whack anyway. Speaking of age, though, I will give a shout-out to Michael Barnes, who has listened to the podcast and actually commented <laughs> on the podcast. Hello, Thank Michael. you, Michael, on the SoundCloud page. He actually went and checked up the ages. Remember we were talking about oh, Tom yes, and, he did. That's right. and Marjorie yeah. last week. Mm. Apparently they should be 9 and 17 in the books. That's apparently what he's worked out at the point in of In the books, though, but what is, what is the show? What, what does the well, show Well, the show is obviously is. different, but... If so you... that scene was supposed to take place between a nine-year-old and a seventeen-year-old. Well, I don't know because I haven't read the book. We're getting yet. into some Phantom Menace territory here. Yeah. This, is, <laughs> this is crazy. Back to Danny. She is learning a bit about her brother and how he wasn't so bad or wasn't quite this terrible killer that we've all known him as. Yeah. Barristan's telling her he liked to go singing undercover in the market, to busking basically. Yeah, that's really. He's a busker. He's a, he's a shiftless busker who happens to be a prince of the realm. Yeah, and he'd like to go make money and either fling it towards some orphans or just... Give it to charity or something. Yeah, exactly. Or get drunk. Or get drunk. Barristan. Yeah, why not? And so she sends him off because the... I call him the whiny fighting pits guy. Hazim, I can't remember his name, but the whiny fighting pits guy turns up again and they're like... <laughs> he, he's know. a distraction to me every episode because he's in a show called Plebs. Um, which is oh, a British okay. show set in the Roman Empire and he's one of the main characters and he's just like, it's about these, these just these ordinary guys. They're not, they're not senators or soldiers. They're just these ordinary guys in the Roman Plebs, Empire. as it Plebs. would be. And he's in that and it's a, it's a comedy, but it's, it's sort of a period piece. So he's in very similar clothes. So it's oh. like someone <laughs> has stumbled. I'm always like, why isn't he making jokes? Why is he being all serious? I don't understand here. But anyway, that's, that's purely my problem. Well, forgive me for not knowing his... <laughs> The character's name, I can't, I can never get it. They mentioned his name, and I was like, "Who?" And then yeah, they, they, they showed up on screen. And I'm like, times. "Oh, that guy. All oh, right, okay." I call him Whiny Fighting Pits Guy. He's just like, "Very apt. God, can please, Queen, he's please a, open." He's a one-platform man. <laughs> we just really need the Fighting Pits to be open because today marks the anniversary of the Fighting Pits Day. Uh, fighting. This is making no sense. Queen, we have to open the Fighting Pits. You came and told me this yesterday i know but today it's even more important <laughs> why why you know i'm not interested in 
sweaty men pummeling each other. <laughs> Why not, Queen? That would seem to me to be something you would be interested in. I mean, look at Mario standing there with his... And not only that, like as we've, as we've mentioned in the past, uh, Daenerys is nothing if not changeable if you just badger her enough yeah. about an issue. <laughs> so, true. you know... Yeah. He's, he's, he's not, it's not like he's barking up the wrong tree here. He's just Eventually she'll cave. Yeah. <laughs> Safe it up. But it does. He, he, it marks the first day of fighting, which is not insignificant, I suppose, in the terms mm. of them launching their... The Sons of the Harpy That's launching right, their yes. assault. Not an insignificant fact. We have seen in the trailers uh, for the whole season that there is fighting pit action. So mm. perhaps this is what motivates Danny to change her mind. Yeah, absolutely. If she has lost, as it were close friends but close you yeah i mean if, if they are dead you've got to imagine that she's going to lose it at this point like that's two the two basically highest members of her kingsguard basically are, have been killed mm. um by these fanatics so it's she might send i guess mario and well now let's get to the real point guess who's on his way back yes that's right jora <laughs> has stolen a boat yes and he's schlepping back with Tyrion, with Tyrion. bound and gagged not for long, though. I love that scene. No, that's that was, amazing. That was a great scene. <laughs> he's tied up, and he's just being like a kid in the back of the car, going, "Are we there yet?" <laughs> Except he's got a gag in. <laughs> you just know that Tyrion would do that. That is yeah, so exactly. Yeah, with it's his absolutely character. in character. He, he just he, you, and towards the end of it, I love that he's his method of getting the gag off is he's like I'm going to sing this song until you pull this gag off <laughs> and so he just starts singing the song it's amazing but then all that scene was was just a massive exposition yes yeah like I know a massive piece of exposition but mm, I notice your shield and the sigil you're Joram Mormont <laughs> you were born on the 5th of March in the 17th year before King Robert's I can't remember I don't know how this series dates but it's funny at this point that the show feels the need to remind viewers who he is or maybe they're, maybe they're, it's for the benefit of who is know, it for new, the new viewers of? I guess or possibly or just to catch everyone up it's like yeah no this is who this guy is just in case you forgot a lot of people do tell me that they struggle with the names and the characters I personally mm, yeah. because I'm so involved yes exactly yeah. apart from not knowing the name of you know whiny dragon pit whiny guy, dragon pit guy, yeah. guy no, fighting pit fighting guy pit. <laughs> Clearly, there's some smaller characters who I don't know, but the main ones I'm yeah, all over. Absolutely, yeah. So to me, it's like, why would you need to have Tyrion putting all these Explain pieces together? Explain who Jorah is. Yeah, we've already done that. But mm. but I guess, but but then I guess that's one of the things that makes sense for the character. Like, like we see him figure out, oh, that's who you are. So mm. if anything, that's you know something that we knew that he didn't, but he's sort of he's pretty quick. But he's. It is funny when Tyrion discovers, oh, you're not taking me west to Westeros. <laughs> Westeros is you're west. taking me east. Ooh, it's the wrong direction. Oh, no, we're going to Queen Daenerys Targaryen. She's the queen I serve. <laughs> yeah, well, mate, I was going there I was too. going anyway. <laughs> you could have just tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, I'm mm, Jorah. What yeah. are you up to? Let's all go together. All, all we go can together. have a road trip. No one has to get tied up and bound and gagged. And of course unless he... they want to. <laughs> and then... It just ends with him being so obnoxious that Jorah is like, right, right, goes up, smacks him across the face. <laughs> Which is something that I'm sure many of the characters have wanted to do to Tyrion at various points. So if Jorah goes back with Tyrion to prove, hopefully, back to Daenerys that he is on her side, loyal, yes, he spied on her initially, he's changed his wicked ways, and he's devoted to her. 
if Sir Barristan or Grey Worm are gone, mm. then there's a gap for Sajora to come right back in. There really is, yeah. Um, and start getting all fussy about Mario again. Because Sir Barristan didn't seem to mind No, he was totally Mario. cool with Mario. That's, that's really weird for someone like Sir Barristan. I guess he's a bit more pragmatic in a mm. way. I well, think also, Jorah, had, probably, Jorah had more to prove. But Jorah is also like obsessed with Totes Danny. in love. He's yeah, totes yeah. in love. Whereas Sir <laughs> Barristan sees her as, you know, that daughter yeah, figure exactly. to protect. Yeah. And hey, if she needs to have a bit of fun times, that's her prerogative. Whatever. Whereas Jorah's like, um, hi. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm here. <laughs> I know I'm a bit older, a bit crustier, but... Maybe? There's definitely there's definitely a theme of that running through the through the episode because mm. we have another another scene with uh, Littlefinger and Sansa that is so creepy when he goes in for a little kiss oh, at the God. end there. Oh, ah, oh, like ah, oh, it just ah. Oh. My my theme for this week in my recap has been boundaries. Yeah, <laughs> and the breaking Cro- thereof. And the breaking thereof. I <laughs> uh, said that they've been built. Breached, broken, and in some cases, bronzed. <laughs> we'll get to bronze, but yeah, that was a boundary. Wouldn't we all like to be bronzed? That ah, oh, so much. That was a boundary I was not comfortable with because he actually was giving her good advice. Yes. You need to wait and be patient. Stannis is a good mm. commander. He's got a big army. Chances are he'll kill all these Boltons and instate you as Wardeness. Can't she just be the Warden? Do we need Wardeness? <laughs> Why do we need Wardeness? It's just adding it's a very it's a very superlative Wardeness. I love I love that that doesn't sound like a word. That sounds like a word that they've sort of tortured into a female mm. form. Mm. Just make her the warden for God's sake. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, it, it, well, this is the one thing I was thinking about actually. A bit of a tangent, but in Game of Thrones, in that world, most of the female characters retain their birth name, not their married name. Even, say, Catelyn Stark, who was known as Catelyn Stark, was also often called Catelyn Tully, or called herself Catelyn Tully. It's, and Cersei is Lannister. She's never, you know, they they made the point with, I think, the the kids that they were Lannister Baratheons. They even inserted Lannister there, but... Oh, no, I don't think so. I don't. I'm sorry to shut it down. Whoa! (laughs) Um, I think you're right. That Cersei gets referred to Lannister a lot, but I think that's because of her unique situation. She has a very... I don't think she ever appreciated the Baratheon um, name. But it's always Catelyn Stark. Like, like they, they talk about Catelyn Stark and then they say, like, you know, you used to be Catelyn Tully. But no one ever calls her Catelyn Tully, I don't think. Like, it's always... like It's like, well, we remember that you're a Tully, but it's like, but you're Catelyn Stark. Mm. I don't know. It, it seems... Yeah, I, I, I understand what you're getting at. Yeah, I guess I'm getting at that those family names for the they women stick remain around. important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And because that's obviously... Well, especially in Sansa's case. Yeah, because as they say, like, she's the key to the North. She's yeah. the last Stark. And... You would never call her Sansa Lannister because she had Or married... Sansa Bolton. Ooh. <laughs> so gross. But anyway, Littlefinger is giving her good advice. Be ready for Stannis to come and help you out, mm. or you need to learn to manipulate Ramsay Bolton, saying that he's already fallen for you. It's like, what? what? This guy's a psycho. How would you know? He's just putting it on. And she doesn't like Roose Bolton. He's saying, no, and you shouldn't. You've got to be careful about him. Mm. He's giving her very solid advice. So you think, well, maybe he does have her best interests at heart. He wants her to survive. He's going back to King's Landing to kind of play dumb with Cersei. 
Why does he go in for the kiss? Why does that have to happen? <laughs> Just when I'm being, because you know, a little, little fingers, bit sympathetic to Littlefinger. Littlefinger's a creep. He's Such a total a creep. creep. He did, though, talk about... We were just talking about how Barristan and yes. Danny referenced Rhaegar Targaryen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Littlefinger also talks about him as well because Sansa is in the crypt, the Stark family crypt, yes. lighting candles in the hands of the dearly departed, one mm. of whom happens to be Lyanna, her, her aunt, long dead aunt, who was reportedly beautiful. And Baelish tells her the story of how he saw her once mm. at a great tournament. At a great where, tournament. Funnily enough, Rhaegar Targaryen was going up against Barristan Selmy yes. in the joust. <laughs> it all ties in. It's almost like someone planned it this and way. And what happened, though? What did he do? Well, he, the, the winner of the tournament gets to choose the most beautiful woman at the tournament. That's how it works, apparently. And so he took the, the crown of flowers, and everyone thought that he was going to give it to his wife, because of course you would. But then he went straight past his wife and gave it in front of everyone to Lyanna Stark. And very shortly after that, Robert's Rebellion began. Mm. Like that, A lot of people then point to that rather than the kidnapping of Lyanna Stark as the incident that started Robert's Rebellion. That was the start of it right there. Because Robert was engaged to... Robert at the time was engaged to Lyanna. Um, so, let's take a quick moment to talk about the fan theory. We have to talk about this. That is the yeah. most popular fan theory about... Jon Snow's parentage. Spoiler, yes. spoiler, 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 <laughs> if you don't want to hear any fan theories. But this one is so common. I remember reading it after... Yeah, it's out there. It's definitely out there. Series it, 1. If it, if it is true, if it is what George R. R. Martin intended and what the showrunners are going to go with, it's a huge spoiler. But it's only a potential spoiler. It hasn't happened even in the books yet. So no. we're, we're not sort of straying too far here. And the theory goes that Jon Snow is not Ned Stark's bastard son. Hmm. He is, in fact, Lyanna Stark's son, conceived with Rhaegar Targaryen. That's right, which, if you do the math, would make him not a Stark or a Snow, but a Targaryen, and therefore the heir to the Iron Throne. More qualified? More... What's the word? Closer than Danny. Closer, closer in line than, than Danny. That's Because Danny, Danny currently is the, the closest, like, the heir to the Iron Throne. If you, if you assume that Robert's Rebellion was illegal, then... Danny was deposed, and technically she is the next in line to the Iron Throne. She's the last surviving Targaryen, or is she? Mm. And if, yeah, if, if he's Ra- if John is Rhaegar's son, then that puts him closer than Danny. In the books, Lyanna is referred to dying in what was called a bed of blood, mm. and Ned Stark found her, and she whispered yeah, like a, a secret, yes, and promised him never to tell. That's right. And Ned Stark returned with a baby and told Catelyn. I've got this bastard son now, deal with it. And never explained anything about it or who, you know, the woman he'd supposedly had an affair with. And when you think about Ned Stark, he's not the sort of guy who has an affair. This is exactly right. And Robert, way back in episode two of the first series, Robert attempted to chat to him about it again, saying, oh, who was that tavern wench? And he mentioned the name, but he didn't... You know, Robert loved talking about all his conquests, whereas Ned Mm. was like, let's not talk about that, let's not talk about me. And he is. He's very honourable. Or he was very honourable. <laughs> and it does make sense that perhaps he took this baby in, gave him that protection of being his bastard so the truth That's it. wouldn't That's out. it, exactly, yeah. It all fits very nicely. It is actually a really good theory. Mm. How, if it's not true, how else Jon Snow's parentage could be explained, I don't know. 
uh, but maybe the, maybe nothing will ever come of it. Maybe the show will go in a different direction, and but it feels like something, and especially this episode because they they mention Rhaegar and Lyanna, and they mention Ray, they 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 have a humanizing sort of monologue from Barristan Selmy to sort of say, hey, Rhaegar wasn't like a bad guy. Maybe he didn't kidnap Lyanna. Maybe hmm. she ran off with him. That's right. So we've seen the seeds being planted there. I think for something for a revelation later down the line. And also Stannis Baratheon referenced mm. yes, this yeah. in, well he, refer, he when he was he, up at the wall he's sort of admiring Jon Snow from a distance. He's only human. <laughs> and Melisandre said, no sorry his wife, his very dour wife said he's just a bastard from a tavern slut. And he said, no nah, maybe that, that wasn't Ned Stark's way. So Stannis Baratheon remembers Ned Stark as yeah. an honourable man. And maybe there's a reason that Stannis keeps asking Jon to come with him. Like, maybe he suspects something, or maybe he even knows something. Who knows? Well, Maybe Robert has said something. There's practical reasons why he wants Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, Stannis isn't an idiot. Stannis is a very sharp, you know, operator. Mm. You know, I think he might suspect something. Who knows? But... As, that might be drawing a long, a very long bow there, but he definitely, he definitely suspects that, you know, John has leadership qualities. Someone else who suspects that Jon Snow has a certain amount of power is <laughs> Melisandra, who decided to get her baps out mm, yes. and make Jon Snow touch him. Now, in a not unappreciated way, I might say, but um, from him or from 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 the viewing audience, from or at least okay, you know, okay. Okay, that's your position on it. Yes, that's yes. your position. It was appreciated. <laughs> I personally didn't appreciate it. I'm all for boobs, but not. Don't touch Jon Snow. Hands off, Jay Snow. Bitch. <laughs> Row down. I will come for you. She, yeah, uh, totally got up in my grill with that one. I was actually sitting at home going, "No, don't, John. Take your hand away. Take your hand away, John. John." Ta- <laughs> John, your hand is really there for a long time now. This is no mm. longer just a brush. This is now a grope. Yes. You're groping this, John. <laughs> Can you remove your hand, please, John? Maybe just show a little bit of respect. Thankfully, he did eventually. It's actually kind of getting a bit awkward now, John. You, you're yeah. just leaving it there. You're not doing she anything. She did try to go the full grope with him, saying, let's not tell Stannis. Woohoo. And he said, no, no, I've sworn a vow, and I loved another, and I still love her, and... I know yeah. that I know that she's dead, and the dead don't need lovers. Yeah. But, and Melisandre flounces off with a jaunty, "You, you know, know nothing, John Snow. Snow." And I'm like, "Oh, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> how I did, does she know uh, that? Well, That's their secret saying. She, she's magic. She's a magic priestess. But I did. I, I thought that was a really boobs. nice. I, <laughs> I thought they, they are magical. But I thought that was a really nice. Um, I thought that was a really nice way to end the scene. I thought that was really mm. great because he um, looked terrified. He yeah, actually yeah, looked he did, yeah. really unsettled. Well, it's like it's like the voice of the dead coming back to haunt him. Really, I mean, that was that was something that Igrit always said to him, and mm. then she just comes out with it out of nowhere. He's mm. like, "Hang on, what?" It's not an accident. Mm. It's not an accident. No, absolutely not. Really, doesn't know a lot, Jon Snow. No, he knows nothing. Just a, a brief mention while we wrap up things at the wall. He was signing documents to local lords and ladies, trying yeah, calling, to recruit more men. men. Yeah, and one of them was to Roose Bolton. Boom! Piss Bruce Bolton! I hate that guy. The worst. And Great he voice. said, 
Great voice. Great voice. Terrible person. Terrible person. And he said, he murdered my brother. Mm. I'm supposed to sign a letter saying, please, sir, can we have some men? (laughs) And Sam's like, well, we can't defend the war with 50 men and Mm. we need the Warden of the North to be on our side. And you could see John just like... That's the thing I like about John. He's in this Lord Commander's position. He is doing his duty, but he's not where he wants to be. Like, yeah. he really wants to be, like, scooping it, out yeah. Bruce Bolton's eyeballs with a spoon. Yeah, and it's made him the most compelling he's been for a long time. Yeah. Like, it's, it's done nothing but good for his character. Yeah. Um, he finally has conflict, um, and he knows... You know, he's had conflict before, but I, I feel like this is... It's compelling conflict now. Like, he... He's torn between what he wants to do and what he has to do, mm. you know, and it's great. It's great stuff. Like I love season it. one, Jon Snow, where he heard yeah. about Ned Stark. Yeah, and he had he wanted he, he wanted to and leave. He escaped, and, and yeah. the boys all brought him back. And then the um, what happened to those other boys? Did they all get killed? Which ones? In Castle Black, remember in Pip and Mary? No, they were the <laughs> Pip and Mary. They're pretty similar though. One uh, was Pip, and one was Pip and Gren died in Gren. the battle. They both died. Yeah, but the awesome dude whose name I can't remember. Uh, didn't die. The, the sarcastic one. There was the third one. There was three of them. There was oh. Pip Gren and the sarcastic guy whose name I can't remember. Okay. And he's still around, but the other two died fighting that giant in the tunnel. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They did too. John told them to hold the tunnel no matter what. And, and they, they held it. They held it. They were nice guys. They were. Um, apparently didn't die in the books, which is interesting. Um, oh. Yeah, the show killed them off. That would be such a bitch, hey. If you were like <laughs> reading ahead going, I'm, I'm cool. I've yeah. got I've, lo- I've got at least two or three seasons work out of this. This is good. This is good. And then you get your script and it's like, and you're dead. Oh, well, come on now. Guys, hey, I had... Was I, I, have, was I rude? Did, do I smell? I don't... I rejected a role in the next season of House of Cards for this. <laughs> Stannis had a beautiful scene with Shireen. He had, a gr- he had a great scene. In that one scene, I think we've seen that was more humanising for Stannis mm. than I think in the entire time of yeah. in the show. Like, he's always been this hard, taciturn man, but then he turns around and says, no, you are Princess Shireen of the House Baratheon and you are my daughter. You and know, you and belong it's, here. It's you don't fantastic. belong on an island of stone men. And I did everything I could to save you. Yeah. And you are... And I mean, like, just personally, if I can just get a little bit real, Stu. <laughs> that kind of definite, this is the case... You are who you are. It's just mm. the best kind of parenting. Yeah. I don't think Stannis has been father of the year before, no, but that not. moment made me want to nominate him for father of the year because <laughs> that was you are not because she. Shireen's I think to, always I think to be fair, we do need to remember that he normally keeps Shireen locked in a tower. I don't you know, think, I think he that... does. I think his crazy wife. Yeah, does. actually, maybe you're probably right there because he's he goes and visits her, and mm, you know, that's true. I think it's just he's path of least resistance with his crazy crazy wife but he's so he's so good like she said i should have given you a son and he said it's not your fault mm. you know, yeah he's, he's a nice he's, really he's a nice guy magnanimous about his family yeah. but then he does turn to melisandre and say you know i need you and i'm not going to march again without you and what do you want and she says to serve my lord and their relationship is all a bit weird so i'll be interested well, to yes. see how that goes yeah. well no, I mean, like they did make a shadow baby together but <laughs> Let's, Let's not forget on. that. Yeah. We have to talk about Dawn and the happenings down there because that is pretty cool. What's oh, going man. on down that way? This is Jamie and Bronze Kentucky tour of Dawn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Budget, uh, backpacking, sailing. To, to be fair, I've been on worse trips. Um, <laughs> you know, I think, you know, a 
quick jaunt on the beach followed by a little light fighting. You know, it's it's not bad. He did. Jamie had a lovely look on his face when they passed Tarth. They sailed past Tarth. Yeah, where he, is from. yeah he, he's remembered, like, remembered Brienne. Oh, and he just had this <laughs> lovely expression of, oh, she's from there. That's where she's from. Oh. <laughs> I really enjoyed that little moment. Just a little teeny moment. But then Bronn, of course, is downstairs going a bit cabin crazy and spearing <laughs> things with his sword, saying, why can't we just go Lannister, full ships and sail? Let's do mm. this. Jamie's like, it's got to be me. It's got to be subtle. It's got to be stealthy. Uh, I've got to go get my niece. And Bronn's like, your niece? niece? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Like, there's, just, there's just this wordless pause <laughs> where they both just face at each yeah. other. And it's like, oh, niece, huh? niece. All right, we're going with that? All right, fine. That's the established <laughs> canon. Okay, all right, she's your niece. niece. And he says, yep, I've got to go get her. Then they end up on the beach. They hide their mm. little boat. They, they have a bit of a sleep. Then they have breakfast of snakes. <laughs> Snake breakfast. Breakfast of champions. And again, I've had worse breakfasts in, uh, in hostels and things. I so. felt it was a little contrived that Bronn says... How do you know that captain's not just going to sell us out for profit? And Jamie says, well, I gave him a bag of gold. I don't think you understand how much people around here hate you and your family. It was a big bag and of gold. It was a big bag <laughs> of gold. It's a really lovely exchange. But it was a little contrived that he said that and then within a few minutes, oh, look. It's like, no, he totally went and tried to tell someone. Yeah. There were, you know, there's four Dornish soldiers and that was another great fight scene. There was oh, it was, yeah. A lot, a lot of good really good fight scenes. fight scene. Yeah. And with saying, Ron just being the biggest badass, like honestly, uh, the biggest badass on the show. Is he who you would like to be, Stu? <laughs> would like I like to be Bron in life? In just in life, yeah. Well, he has simple goals, you know. Well, he does. He <laughs> says, "My life is really exciting. I want my death to be boring." That's it. Exactly. Now I'm going to go. What a great cat! I'm going to go sword some. <laughs> I'm going to create a Dornish kebab by spearing all these guys and their horses in one big sword stroke. And I love the I love the little running joke through the through the fight where he says beforehand he goes how many could you take he's like one if it's slow yeah if he's slow and then he goes that one will be slow enough for you trumps <laughs> off and then Jamie's about to get his head caved in when he puts his arm up and the sword goes clang into his metal hand it was like a comedy bit <laughs> which to be honest and yeah, he, couldn't cling, he couldn't get it out <laughs> later oh, it's cling, fantastic. Cling, cling, cling. And it makes you wonder why he hadn't thought to do that before. It was almost like a, it, was, it was an accident, basically. Yeah, a happy accident. A happy accident. A happy yeah. accident. And then leading on from that, we saw the Sand Snakes for the first time. Well, three yes. of them. Three, three of so them. So we saw Nymeria Sand Snake. I'm glad you know their names because I only know about... Tyrene so Sand Ni- Snake. Nymeria? Wasn't Nymer- that one of the wolves? Yes, that was... Well, Nymeria was oh. one of the... Dra- no, Nymeria was one of Aegon the Conqueror's sisters. Yes, okay. Who flew right. on one of the dragons. Yes. And Arya's direwolf was called Nymeria. Nymeria, the one okay, she sent away. That yeah. we've never seen again. Hmm. Mm. So she's called Nymeria as well. One's called Tyrene. They're both daughters of Ilaria Sand. Yes. But Obama. <laughs> Obara. Is not. Is the elder Sand Snake, and she's not. She was a daughter of some other. Yeah. Lover of mm. Oberon's. And she goes into this big monologue about how I chose long ago. She's she's a Kiwi, so it's, that... she, it's Keisha Castle Hughes. <laughs> yes, it is. Well right. well right. I made my choice a long ago, bro. <laughs> I fight for Oberon Mattel. Uh, so, so we're talking about a kick Don't want none of your ghost chips. <laughs> <laughs> my New Zealand accent is normally better than that. <laughs> 
But we're, we're talking about a kick-ass warrior princess from New Zealand. Yeah. Um, surely we should just be calling her Xena at this point. I know, right? <laughs> I am actually super on board with her. Cause she was, I saw that and I went, she's from New Zealand and she's in like the leathers. And yeah. She's got a spear and she goes straight into the guy's head. Like that's the ship captain's head. Yes. Why yes. is she killing him? Like he, he sold her information. Why, why are they torturing him and killing him? They're the sand because snakes. Because they're the sand snakes. Yeah, why not? So Sometimes people on this show do strange things for strange reasons. Yeah. So she was in full battle gear. The other girls were in kind of slightly sassy battle gear where they had, you know, yes. just like chiffony tops and a bit blowy. I don't bit, think I don't think a any bit, of that's ooh, stopping a sword. It's very sunny here in Ibiza. Ooh, <laughs> the Venga bus is coming and everybody's running. The sand snakes are all slimy. And I can't think of a rhyme. <laughs> I was wondering. I wanted to see how far you'd go with that. Oh, it's been a long week, and it's only Monday. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to really enjoy the Sand Snakes. I think. Yes. Because warrior chicks, well, and not we, we don't Buffy have level many... warrior chicks. No, that's right. Just yeah. like some full on. Hey, Oberon gets his daughters. You learn how to fight fights here. I'm training you. Hmm. Get your spear. Choose my spear or your mother's tears. I chose the spear. I made my choice a long time ago. I'm like, yes. Spear in the head. Spear in the head. But I, 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 I wonder where they can go after the Jamie Bronze storyline. Because they want to make war on Alaria. Yeah, well, exactly, so don't yeah. need an army to make a war. Yeah, that's right. So I don't, know, I don't know whether they're going to run into Jamie and Bronn or whether they're going to pass each other. And maybe mm. Jamie and Bronn are going to get down there. Meantime, the Sand Snakes are... Going to Westeros, like like going going north. I well, guess no, or? they're going to find Jamie and Bronn first. Oh yes, no, sorry, yeah, they're they not going to leave until yeah. they meet them. There's a lot going on in this episode. You would think you would think that that would be a kind of a be all and end all with the like. There's eight sand snakes, and if mm. they're all warriors, then surely they've got the numbers over Bronn. And but then Bronn is Bronn. Bronn is Bronn, yeah, and doesn't care about killing anyone. That's he just right. Has no. Although I think, oh, geez, I worry. I do worry. About Bron. About Bron. He's going to buy it at some point. There's, there's been a lot of talk from him about, geez, I'd like to just retire and settle down. That is a good point. Oh, yeah. Don't ever talk about what suck. kind of death. And that's going to suck. Jamie talked about, this is a good segue into the last bit that we need to talk about. Jamie, Jamie spoke about how he wanted to die, which was in the arms of the woman he loves. And again, mm. a bit of a pregnant pause there. Like, yeah, it's like, really? Right. We all know who you're talking about. she want the same thing? And he's like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. I suppose she... Poor Why stupid Jamie. She? Cersei Lannister. Cersei Lannister, who of... makes her play, and I and yeah. this is like obviously what she was working towards last week. Cersei doesn't so much have cold blood running through her veins as <laughs> ice cold concrete. Yes, I'm quoting myself there. That's what I wrote about her in the recap, but I quite like that. <laughs> I was like, she's so cold and yeah. so manipulative, and so and Tommen comes in saying, "Oh, why have you arrested?" Marjorie's brother Loris. <laughs> Why? Well, I haven't arrested him. It's the faith militant. The faith militant. Here yes. she goes, arming religious nutbags <laughs> and giving them carte blanche to go punish sinners. Just, but yeah, I'm sure that'll. I'm sure that'll work out. Always well. works out well yeah. when you never, give the nutbags never backfires the weapons. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh my god! And then Lancel Lannister getting his new cool head branding. <laughs> yeah. And they're all becoming oh, faith militant. It's a very, it's a good term though. It's a good name for them. It is, militant. and you know, and it nobody, has precedent in history again. The normal, the normal 
City Watch just turned their backs on people being raided. Like, how is she controlling? Well, because like she's things? still like she's still the power in in the. She's controlling the, the small council. In the city, I guess. yeah, exactly. Yeah. The small Although, council again, grows even ever smaller. Not small enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that's are they setting up um, Terrell, the father Terrell, to be like oft? Is that what she's doing there? Maybe she's sending him off to the Iron Bank, going, "Oh, ask them not to collect their debt yet." All I can think is they might hold him ransom and say, "Unless you pay us back, we won't release him." Mm. And of course, Cersei will be like, "Eh, whatevs, <laughs> not paying you. Don't really care about him." But he has independent wealth. He's from mm. House Tyrell. They're, yeah, that's right. But, but that wealthy. but that suggests to me that like Cersei is not playing a long game here. So it's it's purely about revenge for Cersei. Like she, yeah, she doesn't want money. She doesn't want power. She wants to see House Tyrell ground into the dirt mm. where it came from, and she's on her way. Um, we see Slow Loris get grabbed by the by the fanatics. This it all week. got a little bit. Pink triangle badges. Yes, it was yes, it a did. bit awful. And yeah. the scene in the brothel where they punish the um, the men in the brothel, and we see Oliver sort of saying, "Hey, this is Baelish's establishment," Uh-oh. which makes you wonder how Baelish is going to react when. Yeah, because he'll be back are, yeah, in King's Landing next back. episode because you know time bends to allow <laughs> yes. them to to allow them to magically cross ma- huge distances. <laughs> get back in time. Uh, he's not going to be happy with Cersei, but what no. can he do? Well, he... he's a powerful lord now, but he's not more powerful than Cersei. But I guess when he's back in the capital, he'll be able to do his little wheeling and dealing mm. and maybe try and... But does he have... Because he used to own the City Watch, remember? Because he turned them against oh, he Ned did, Stark. Didn't he? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Back in Series 1. That's interesting. So that will be maybe someone who he comes up against. But hmm. one thing, because we saw the High Sparrow, she gives the High Sparrow control of this faith militant. We don't... We haven't seen him interact with those guys yet because he doesn't seem like the crazy fanatical type. But then it's always the quiet ones. Well, not only, not only the quiet ones, it's always the ones who believe they're doing good work. Yeah. You know, like he believes he's making the world a better place. Yeah. If only he could just stop people sinning all the time. You know, it, it's, always, it's always the people who think they know best for everyone who are the worst possible But he had struck me as a bit of a Mother Teresa type. Mind you, there, a lot of stuff came out about Mother Teresa, which is yes, questionable. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So maybe that so... analogy is not a, not a good one. Or in fact, the perfect one, however you want to read it. it mm, so I would like to see a scene with him talking to the... I think they're building to that. I honestly, I honestly do. Yeah. We, we've got to see more of the High Sparrow yeah. uh, actually directing people. If, if Unless he's some unwitting dupe, if that's what they're trying to say. Like, he's he's this guy who thinks he's doing... You know, oh, good like work. Ben Kingsley and Iron Man Three. A little bit, yeah. Like he, you know, he thinks he's doing good work, and meanwhile, behind the scenes, all these people. But I don't think that's what's going no. on because he's made several veiled references to, you know, oh, the, the, you know, basically, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. Like mm. that's the the gist of it. And so he, I think he definitely knows what's going on, but we haven't seen him really directing the troops very much. And yeah. so I think we need to see a bit more of that in the next couple of episodes. Yeah, we did see an interesting development with Tommen going to the Sept to try to speak to the High Sparrow yes. to ask for Slow Loris to be released. <laughs> they are endangered. Well, exactly. Yes. And they have very big eyes. Big eyes. Big expressive How eyes. How do you say no to those eyes? <laughs> and he backed down. Mm. The King's Guard were happy to carve up the Faith Militant, send them to the gods that they love, but Tommen was like, no, 
there's another way. We've yeah. got to find another way. Meanwhile, there are people in the street behind him calling out, Abomination! Yes. Born of sin! <laughs> and all this stuff. Poor kid. So I don't think he... I think he would have been too young to know about the gossip. I think that might have been his first one. exposure to those allegations. Yeah. yeah. So he's all a cropper, I think. With his, He's got his new wife, who he actually, I think, really wants to please. and Yeah, absolutely. You know, he really loves her. And, um, well, you know, as much as you can... Love a beautiful woman you've been told to marry. <laughs> hey, fair enough. This seems to be working. I've got hormones. I'm a teenager. It's hard, but you know he really, he really overcomes he digs her. it. Yeah. yeah, he digs her. And then he's got his mum, who he's trying to get out from under her wing, but she's still pulling his strings by going, "I didn't do it, son. I, oh yes, it's terrible that Loris has been walk, you know, locked up. We, we'll have to fix no, that." Nothing is better than Cersei Lannister in full flight, like just being, "Oh, I don't know what you're talking about." <sighs> So cold, so cold. <laughs> but he says to Marjorie, because Marjorie says, this is what excited me, I've got to go right to my grandmother. And I'm like, yes! Bring <laughs> back! Terrell comes Aletta back! Terrell. Bring her back. <laughs> Get real with everyone. You can just imagine what well, she'll she come back. she did plot with Littlefinger to murder Joffrey that nobody knows about yet except Sansa and they're away. So people yeah. in King's Landing never got resolution to who actually killed Joffrey. Yeah, that's right. Cersei still thinks it was Tyrion. Mm. So she doesn't know. If Elena comes back and Littlefinger comes back, then they could do some plotting. Yeah, absolutely. We, we get But it was interesting to see Tommen kind of left alone there. So his I wife... I feel really sorry for him. Yeah. I felt, you know, he's kind of trying... He's trying to... He's doing his best. Yeah. You know, he's, he's been thrust into this situation and he's stuck between two powerful women and he's sort of going... Uh, and he doesn't I'll... want bloodshed. He's yeah, not like he's Joffrey. Like, yeah. He'd no. be happy to say, kill them all. He wants everyone to just get along and, you know, be with their pretty wives all day. Like, yeah. He would be very happy with that. Yeah, exactly. So, poor kid. Uh, so, yeah, I hope, I hope Tommen is going to last although there is that that, I mean there's that prophecy that in the first episode where she said you know all your kids are not going to have happy endings oh that's right the Mm. flashback sequence and we're seeing Uh... the the last two Lannister children or Baratheon children Lannister Baratheons yes you know they're the focus of plot lines and they're both under threat Mm. so I don't know. The more Cersei sort of struggles to hold them, the more they, the more they slip away. Slip away. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was a great episode. I really it was. enjoyed that oh, it was one. So good. And we look forward to next week. Next week we'll mark halfway through the series. I always forget that. I always forget these are ten episodes yeah. long and then you're like, Wow, this is really short. Stu, once again, it has been a pleasure. It has been a pleasure as well, Natalie. Join us next week when we will see no doubt. Barristan and Grey Worm still alive. They're totally okay. They've got to be okay. Pulled through, not a problem. A few scratches, that's it. <laughs> and we'll see what devilish mayhem Cersei has in store for everyone. It's going to be good. And hopefully Sansa getting some stab on with the Boltons. <laughs> Melisandre, if you touch Jon Snow again, I will have you. But in the meantime, Bala Magulis! Winter is coming! <laughs>